It is the YXC Sports Podcast, another edition, the first one of April. This, of course, is for the week of April the 6th. Glad to be joined again by Ray Morrison. Uh, Ray, how was the weekend? Uh, the weekend was fine. A little bit of snow shoveling. Uh, and as we record today in YXE, more snow today on this uh, April the 6th. But uh, no, all all good. We're, uh, we're self-distancing. We're quarantining. We're doing all the things we're supposed to do. So no, I'm good. Now uh, we are trying uh, out, well, we are properly quarantining and properly self-distancing. And uh, would you like to care to fill the masses in on your technical <laughs> difficulties here? No. Well, we're trying this Zoom uh, uh, thing that has come along, and uh, I'm, uh, you know what, MySpace, Matthew, MySpace came and went, and I never did figure that out, right? It's actually extinct now, and I never did figure that out, so that uh, should give you an indication as to how technology savvy I am, but we... uh, we got it. We're here. And it's, uh, it, is, it, is, it is good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, today is April the 6th, so I want to touch on this before we uh, move on, but uh, it is the two-year anniversary of the uh, Humble Broncos bus tragedy, and uh, it's uh, just uh, a gut-wrenching day, to say the least, uh, no matter you know, how many years uh, down the road it is. Um, I don't know if you want to fill in with your thoughts on, on today, but well, I, I, I find your story a little more intriguing than mine, Matt. But um, yeah, April 6th of 2020, so two years after the, uh, the tragic bus accident, um, you know, number of deaths in the teens and everybody on that bus, their life altered forever. Um, uh, the, those who survived, their lives have been altered forever. Um, it, today in Humboldt, uh, I guess the St. Uh, Augustine bells at the church went off at a certain time. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, Matt, um, you're, you're, you're part of my image on that day. So mm-hmm. just to set the record straight, I had been on the air. The, the accident happened before six o'clock and I was on the air for four straight hours on the radio between six and 10 when the accident happened. And I came home that night. And the first person I saw was you. And I'll, I'll let you pick up the story from there. You, I had come home and you were just devastated. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was learning of the, uh, the passing of the head coach and GM of the Broncos at the time, which was Darcy Hogan. Uh, to give you a little bit of a backstory, I was in the team services room with Olympian Sports at the right. time of the accident. And a few weeks before... Uh, Darcy had given me a call and we were uh, talking about uh, potentially placing an order for uh, some, some Broncos, some humble Broncos team clothing. So um, that one, you know, really, really struck me uh, as well. And I was mentioning to you earlier today, uh, just due to my broadcasting background there, uh, there's an interview uh, with myself and and Darcy um, that uh, he was so gracious with his time uh, to give me, uh, back in 2017 as well, and and just a, a tremendous man. So that's kind of my relation to the to the story as well. You know, and that was interesting too because you and I we went out and did a humble Broncos game together on something that was called Game Time Radio at the time, and I think the Notre Dame Hounds were in, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. And you and I, and that was actually kind of a neat moment for me, Matt, because you and I got to do a father son broadcast that day, and um, you know I cherish those like this time we have with this podcast. Um, even though sometimes our listeners and 
viewers might wonder if you and I actually like each other or not. <laughs> but no, that was a great moment for me to obviously be part of a broadcast with you. But one of your jobs was to go down and get some pregame interviews. And I know one of the interviews that you had to go get was from Darcy Hogan in that 2017 uh, broadcast that we did. And you had come back and told me what a nice guy he was. Mm -hmm. The other part of that story, of course, um, was your brother, my son, Adam, the, my oldest, um, he worked at the rink. He worked at the Humboldt, um, the Elgar Peterson Arena for a while. And he was always the one that talked about how Christina Hogan, Darcy's wife, always used to bring in baking and make sure that the rink staff got their share before the, before the players got to it. Because if the players got to it first, that was going to be a problem. There was going to be nobody, none, nothing left for anybody else. So, you know, that was, uh, that was pretty good. So, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's such a, such a sad date on the calendar, but you can't, mm -hmm. can't not acknowledge it on a, on a, on a day like today and a week like we're, we're having as well. And, um, you know, we went through challenges then. And of course now with this pandemic, we're, we're going through challenges now, which, uh, which uh, is kind of the, the order of the day here in the last couple of years. Yeah, the, uh, and just to touch up, uh, you know, or finish that thought, uh, just with working-wise and relationship-wise and all this sort of thing, I do uh, have gained a lot of connections to, to Humboldt uh, in the past few years or few months, and, and the people there are some of the nicest people. Uh, oh, in yeah. that community that I've yeah. ever met in my entire life. So yeah. uh, thoughts and, and go out to them uh, today and yeah, uh, sure. this week as well. Uh, the NHL has considered resuming the season in August in a neutral site. Uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota was one of the cities that uh, was thrown around. Uh, obviously, they probably wouldn't have any fans in the stands for this game, but uh, a good idea to possibly continue the season or the playoffs then or no? Well, Elliot Friedman actually had this story from Roger Sportsnet, and he was talking about how the owners and the Players Association, you know, there's all sorts of rumors out there. One is maybe Hamilton and Saskatoon would maybe host the Western Canadian East and West regionals, and then down in the States, maybe you'd have some East and West regionals, and, you know, maybe by the time those were all done, um, we can get across the border again and maybe get a Stanley Cup given up, because I know that that's what uh, Gary Bettman <laughs> would want to have happen, be it all possible. The players, the association, everybody would like that. There's no, there's no question about that, for sure. Um, but yeah, I thought Grand Forks, North Dakota, I mean, we were talking about, you know, neutral sites like Hamilton and Hamilton and uh, Saskatoon. And I thought, you know, this, um, I've never been there, but I, apparently this, this um, arena in Grand Forks is something else. They've had world junior tournaments there and I guess it's just phenomenal. So um, you know, that's, that's one option. The other thing, too, is along that vein, the NBA is looking at having a season-ending tournament in Las Vegas yeah, where they don't have a team. You think about Las Vegas and how they had no ties to pro sports before the Golden Knights got there. Now the NFL's going there, and now the NBA's talking about having a season-ending tournament. So um, how quickly things change there as well. But like you mentioned, you know, with this pandemic, it's just such a – such a different time. Um, I want to tip my hat to Dave Dubay. Have you seen what he's doing on Twitter? I have on Twitter, yeah. With the, <laughs> the pants and the bow ties and the ties well, and stuff. It's a program, it's a program called March Matchness. Yeah. March Matchness. And uh, he started with 64 teams. And so he'll pick a school 
every day and he'll get his picture taken in that team's colors with those color pants. <laughs> and he does this and he says, you know, one of the goals he'd like is to have $500 go to maybe the school that he's representing and then $500 to some um, nonprofit organization or a community or a charity where his company, Concord Group, uh, exists. So, you know, one day it might be the Saskatoon Food Bank and a school in the United States that uh, might get $500 each. But what they want to do is have the student bodies and everybody kind of get on board with this uh, hashtag March Matchness and get everybody sort of behind it. And, you know, I've known Dave for a long time. David Dubé, I've known him forever. And of course, his mom and dad have been great philanthropists as well. But I just thought that was kind of cool. So. Uh, David Dubé is definitely worth a follow on Twitter because every day he's taking pictures in different color school pants, whether it be, well, I'm sure Auburn is to come, but some of the bright blue and bright orange and stuff he's been wearing. Um, it's been, it's been fantastic. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's uh, kind of the, <laughs> the highlight of my day. Yeah. Being oh, yeah. It's just, it's just good to see something different yeah. on, uh, on social media and stuff like that. Right. Um, back to well, that NHL. All, we're all clamoring for something positive, right? Yes. And so that's, that's kind of the cool thing. Back to the uh, thought on the uh, NHL thing um, oh, yeah. as well. Uh, the latest the Stanley Cup has been awarded was yep. June 24th. And that happened on two different occasions, once in 1995 and once in 2013, both times. Uh, well, I don't know. Was, there was a lockout in 94, 95, was there not? Yep, yep. Yeah. 1994, so, yep. 1994. So both kind of lockouts, shortened seasons. Um, my opinion, because yeah. uh, from what the NHL says, is they want to have a full 2020-2021 season. They don't want to have to shorten any games in 2020-2021. So if you're not handing the Stanley Cup out until August, as tough of a pill as it would be to swallow – you might just have to say, okay, let's just move on to 2020, 2021, if we're not going to be yeah. handing out the, the Stanley Cup until the end of summer. Well, you know, even the medical professionals on both sides of the border aren't able to determine, you know, the, the I mean, it, it's, it's a pandemic that happens once every 100 years, mm -hmm. you know, so there's some very knowledgeable people that are looking into this, but to start guessing as to when this might end in North America to a point where, any of the major sports leagues might be able to return is, is a big, big challenge for sure. Now there are some options. So let's just, let's say that you do give out the Stanley cup in July. Let's just say you, you give out the Stanley cup in July. Do you shorten the season next year to 74 games? Yeah. Give the players a little bit of a break. And then, you know, maybe you play four exhibition games. Mm -hmm. you know, and then you kind of uh, alter the schedule a little bit and then get back on track that way. So, yeah, th I mean, there would be some options. I mean, it, it, and I, I think you'd have to be open to, you know, not if you're going to kind of alter the way that you do things to give out a Stanley Cup in 2020, then I think you have to be open to altering a 2021 schedule. So if you're going to give out the Stanley Cup in 2021 at a decent time, like in late May or early June, you'd have to give some thought to, I think, um, you know, shortening the preseason or shortening yeah. the regular season some, some way, shape, or how. And then, you know, the question is, you know, if you do decide to hustle this back in late May and get these players on the ice in June to give out a Stanley Cup, 
the big question again is, does it happen in front of fans? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. The, the networks would benefit from having television revenue, but, you know, I, would, you, would you be open to that? And, and I, I just found it so weird a couple of weeks ago in watching that UFC event when there was nobody in the stands. Um, it's, uh, this, you know, this, this is a situation that's going to go into the history books for sure, no matter how it plays out. Did they, uh, sorry, did they hand out the Stanley Cup in 1919 after the Spanish flu? I can't remember. I wasn't no, they did, suspend the, they did suspend okay. the awarding of the Stanley Cup because of okay. the flu, because of influenza. Yep. Yes. And of course, uh, you uh, are almost old enough to remember easy, that. Easy, easy, uh, easy. <laughs> Donald Trump <laughs> met with all the uh, professional uh, sports league uh, commissioners. So Gary yep. Bettman of the NHL was on that call. I believe Adam Silver was. Uh, yep. NFL commissioner Roger Goodell was on that call. Uh, basically, yeah. the point of the phone call was Donald Trump seemed quite optimistic that at least the NFL season could start on time come September. And the California governor doesn't think it will. Yeah. The California governor went on record and said, I don't think that the NFL season is going to start in September. So we'll wait and see. You know, Gavin Newsom was the one who said, no, I'm, I'm not convinced that that's going to be something that's going to work. So uh but like i said you would be a fool you would be absolutely crazy to try guess what's going to happen just for no other reason than our lack of knowledge of this but there were 13 league commissioners that gary bettman sort of met with everybody from the wnba the head of ufc dana white to the four major sports the nfl the nhl major league baseball um and the national hockey league um yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I and to this to this point in time, I, I don't know what they gained by that phone call. By the by, the, I don't know <laughs> if it was a meeting or a phone call, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know what what Donald Trump hoped to accomplish with that, other than you know, like he he said in his media briefing a couple of days ago, which was I think I don't know if it was might have been Friday or Saturday, um, the fourth or fifth. He said, um, they're hurting. Well, we know that, Don. So is everybody. <laughs> so is the restaurant owners. So are the flower shop. Like, everybody's hurting. I'm not sure why he decided to, to single that out. Um, and from everything that I've read with regards to the meetings with the commissioners and the leaders of sport, I don't think that anything was sort of solved. I don't think that there was a concrete plan. I think he just wanted to get on the phone and hear from them and see them. So. I think that was uh, that was kind of the extent of that. You got to give him props for being optimistic, I suppose. I'm like yourself. Oh, yeah, um, he is the he is the king of optimism. And if you uh, <laughs> you know, that's good. You can you can accuse him of being many things, but uh, he is he is uh, optimistic to a core. He has said time and time and time and time again that we got to get he has to get the United States back to work. And you know, that's one thing we can all agree on. We'd all love to do that, but. Yes. In the times of a pandemic, you, you can't. The cool thing about uh, Monday, March the sixth, twenty twenty, today our record day here, Matt, is the fact April. that for the first or April, sorry, the first time since COVID nineteen hit, there were more recoveries than cases, than mm. new cases. I think there were fourteen recoveries and four new cases on April sixth, twenty twenty. So hopefully that trend uh, continues, and it shows that uh, we do listen here in Saskatchewan for the most part. 
for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Depending <laughs> on the situation. Now, exactly. Yeah. We do need some, well, I guess that news uh, that you just mentioned is quite uplifting, but we kind of talked about it towards the end of last week as we're getting low on time this week. But uh, we kind of talked about some old stories, uh, some yeah. of the best events that you'd covered in the past and stuff like that. So I'm, uh, I don't know if you have like a really good story from your play-by-play days of the Estevan Bruins. From but, my play-by-play uh, play days of the Estevan Bruins. But we need some good, Bruins. uplifting, upbeat, funny stories from junior hockey in the 80s. So I don't know if we want to end off on a good note. Well, one, of my, first, one of my first games I ever did play-by-play play for was, uh, so we go into Melville. Jerry James was the coach of the Estevan Bruins, and he was formerly the coach of the Melville Millionaires. And, of course, fans in small towns, Saskatchewan, they lived to support their hockey teams. And I don't know if this Melville Millionaires fan uh, had a – had a, a pint or two before he had the conversation with the Bruins coach or whatever. But um, somebody said to Jerry James, Jerry James used to wear big cowboy boots and a big cowboy hat. Him and Patty <laughs> Janelle from Swift Garden. And they wore those behind the benches. And uh, somebody made a comment about how ugly Jerry's hat was. And so I'm 18 years old. I'm fresh out of high school. I'm scared skinny. And I'm doing this interview with Jerry. He says, yeah, right. He says, one of the fans, he says, uh, he says, um, didn't like my hat. I wonder if he'd like it if I had my fist through it. <laughs> and he looked at me and I thought to myself, what the hell have I gotten into doing play-by-play in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League? And, of course, in those days, every night was a rodeo when, uh, you know, Jerry James had come over from Yorkton to coach mm-hmm. the Estevan Brewers. Before that, he was in Melville. And, uh, you know, it, it was, and I, I, it seemed to me that that turned out to be a wild night as well. And I, I, I remember saying to one fan in Melville, you know, fights and just the fans were involved. And I think it might have been an RCMP officer or two involved. That wasn't an unusual <laughs> thing. And I said to one fan of the Melville Millionaires game, walking out, I said, boy, that was an unusual night, eh? And he says to me, you know what we call that here? I said, what? Tuesday. <laughs> so, night after night, that was the story of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League in those days. I wonder what a Friday or Saturday would have looked like if that was <laughs> yeah, a Tuesday. That would have been awesome. Melville for a Friday-Saturday game, for sure. Might yeah. as well just bring of, the whole RCMP to pat, to attach me out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and one more story here. Um, uh, you know, we talk about a lack of business that sometimes goes on with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this. I saw this on Boston's, I have Boston cable on my Sastel Max package. Tom Brady, of course, is moving to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And he has rented out Derek Jeter's 32,000 square foot mansion in Tampa Bay while he's going to live down there. So seven bedrooms, nine bathrooms. Yep. And two boat lifts. So, so even with that, there is real estate business going on, apparently. Yeah, man, imagine the quarantining <laughs> you could do down there. Absolutely, yeah. Seven bedrooms. Wow. That pretty much does uh, wrap up our time today. Uh, once again, thanks to our uh, great producer, Ian Roach, who has got a website up and running for us now as well. So uh, all of the episodes will be on our website. It's YXC Sports Podcast, all one word, YXC Sports Podcast. Dot com. We will be on Spotify and iTunes as well, but uh, a big uh, thanks to Ian Roach and team for getting the uh, website up and running for us 
as well. And, and you're putting this on your Twitter feed too, correct? Yeah, at Matt yeah. Morrison 72 so you can follow you me go. on Give Twitter. That a plug. Good work, yep. Yeah, and then uh, you can, uh, my personal Facebook page, Matthew Morrison as well. And I know uh, the team is hard at work getting uh, Facebook pages and social media pages up and running for us as well. So we're super excited to see where the uh, this goes, but that is the big new news this week is that uh, we do have the website up and running yxcsportspodcast.com thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you next monday same time same place